Well, I think many of you have seen the numbers, at least the veteran unemployment numbers. Low, uh, low unemployment has created a pretty competitive job market. As a matter of fact, veteran unemployment is sitting right about 3.8% lower than their civilian counterparts. And so unemployment in general, because it is so low, is creating this pretty competitive job market. You know, what's interesting about this is underemployment still seems to plague those who have served in our U.S. military. And with underemployment comes job turnover, veterans leading jobs faster than their civilian counterparts. As a matter of fact, 44% of veterans leave their first job in year one, followed by 80% in year two. So today's guest is going to reveal how you can align your skill set to land that best fit job reduce the continual transition in your job in today's marketplace. So welcome to the Military Wire with Mike Schindler. This is the podcast where we interview America's most elite men and women who have served this country. We share their stories of overcoming, their proven lessons in leadership, and their journey to finding mission and purpose. So Anthony Eaton is not only a seasoned HR professional with experience in the medical and pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical industries, but he's also a leadership development and Six Sigma expert. So, Anthony, welcome to the Military Wire. Thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. So I opened this episode talking about veterans who typically are quick to get hired. The data shows typically pretty quick to get hired, but the data also reveals that we're also pretty quick to leave uh, as well. As a matter of fact, 22% leave within the first 45 days, which I think has everything to do with misalignment on both the company hiring and the individual interviewing. So how does one, I mean, you're an expert in this, so how does one determine what is in alignment long-term? So I think there's multiple ways to do that from both the employer and the employee perspective. When we look at the employer, let's just take, for example, when an individual leaves an organization and doesn't work out, the employer really needs to look at why that employee was not successful and if it was something within their control, such as not getting an accurate representation of the job, the culture, um, or what's expected of that individual. And the flip side of that coin is that the employee or former employee should really do the same, and it could be any of those same things I just mentioned, but it could also be that there were things outside of either entity's control. Um, the problem is that most employers don't go through such an exercise, and, and probably individuals don't either. You know, they take the easy way out. The employer says, well, that was just a bad hire. The employee says, well, you know, that employer misled me instead of really taking a deeper dive into, you know, what was the reason behind it not working out. So, Anthony, are you suggesting that we're not really even going to be able to fix this issue unless, and I want to emphasize unless, unless people pause, and in the military we call this an after action, really do a thorough after action as far as why that individual or why that job opportunity didn't work out? Well, I think that is true if we're we're doing the after action, right? I think yeah. if you're if we're going to be proactive, it's really making sure again if we look at the two sides of that coin, the employer's perspective, that we're really aligning the job 
correctly when we're putting it out there for individuals, whether that's in the military or anybody, to say, this is the skills that are needed. Uh, this is what will make somebody successful. And that doesn't mean putting out a job description, which is what I often see, is employers put this job description out there and it has all of these things that aren't really related to the core fundamental skills needed for the job and what will make them successful. So, and I want to, I'm making a note on something because you mentioned skills and I just read this article that talked about, you know, skills is thrown around so much that people don't even, don't even necessarily know what skills mean anymore. So I want you to define that. But before I do, Anthony, why don't you share with our audience a little bit about your background? Because I don't know that I gave it justice. I mean, for somebody with your expertise, your background, the companies you've worked for, you're really talking from a position of, of expertise and authority. So why don't you share with our audience just a little bit about who you are? So about 30 years working in human resources, and I came up through recruiting, or what today we call talent acquisition. So how do employers find talent? And back in the day, I hate to say that because it dates me, when I started was before we had all the technology and resources we used we do today. It was back in the day when you actually went out and filled out an application. Through the course of my career, I've had the great privilege and opportunity to work for some very, very large companies in a number of different industries from telecommunications and energy uh, to banking and nonprofits. And uh, today I work for pharmaceuticals. But through that, I've had that opportunity to really discover what works from an employer standpoint in attracting and retaining talent and what doesn't work. Yeah, so I do want to unpack that too. So before we unpack that, let's talk about, because we're talking about aligning, you know, aligning our skills, but you mentioned the issue of skills. Um, in this article, and I'm trying to remember, I don't know if it was in, you know, HR Journal or Business Magazine, but they talked about, you know, people say, well, you don't necessarily have the right skill set. When recruiting or somebody with an HR background says that, what do they mean? Because we have some guys that say, wait a second, what are they talking? I don't have the right skill set. I, I have X, Y, and Z. Are there multiple definitions to this word skills? There could be. I, I think a lot of times HR doesn't understand how to translate. We're talking about people in the military translate that military experience to that civilian job. So, right. you know, we're looking at, at one skill and another, and, you know, they're just called different things. Some things are the same, right, when we talk about some some technical skills. We take, for example, a sales position. You know, sales is sales. It doesn't matter if you're selling a pencil or you know, you're selling a laptop. But right. other things may not necessarily uh, be as easy to translate. So from a corporate standpoint, corporations need to understand kind of that military lingo and what skills military personnel have and then how to translate that into the job that they're trying to fill, which is going to be somewhat different in terms of how they present that than they would to the non-military applicant. But I think it's also our responsibility, those of us who have, you know, worn the uniform, the fabric of this nation, 
to also adapt to your environment too, right? So I, at least I believe that. Like if I'm walking in to interview for a company where you're HR, I should really spend the time to understand your culture, maybe even understand if you've got special lingo, what your corporate environment's like. So when I walk through that door, um, that I've got a sense of who I'm meeting with, what the culture is, how I align uh, with that culture. Um, is that fair to say? Like, I need to do homework on my side, too, though. Absolutely. I, you know, it's it's not a, even a 50-50. It's a 100-100. Yeah. Right? So from the the veteran or the individual getting out of the military, they definitely need to do their homework, and they need to have a good understanding of how do they translate their skill into that particular job. So the employer or the interviewer is going to be looking for how do you tell me what you did in your military service, whatever your role was, how does that translate into the role that I'm trying to fill? How does it benefit me? So, I mean, you're selling yourself, and so you're selling your skill set. And if you don't understand those two things, they're going to definitely say, well, you don't have the skill for this particular job. Yeah, it's something that we hear, and I don't want to say frequently, but we do hear it often um, where we'll have guys come back and say, listen, you know what, I met with HR and um, I didn't have the right hard skills. Or um, they said I had the right hard skills, but I didn't have the right soft skills. Uh, and, you know, in veterans, you know, those who serve, you know, active duty, you get out, you know, we're trained with this belief that we, the only thing standing between us and who we want to be or that job is just training. And so when we hear we don't have the right hard skill, you don't have the right soft skill, suddenly we're thinking, well, why don't you just train me up? I mean, don't I have enough of what you need to get that job? Uh, when I ask that question to you, Anthony, is one more important than the other, like a hard skill versus a soft skill or in today's marketplace, is it so important that you figure out how to balance both of those? I think they're equally important, uh, but they vary in degree depending on the industry and the role. Sure. So a customer-facing position is going to require a different set of soft skills and more of them than, say, an assembly position. But again, it's how do I take my soft skills, let's just take that kind of customer-facing uh, interaction, how do I take my military experience and show that this will apply? Um, now, I don't have a military background, so I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, making some assumptions here. But sure. you, know, you take a military individual who has, uh, let's just say, served in, in Iraq or someplace, and they've had to forge relationships and, and trust with the indigenous people or the local people. Well, that's a very valuable skill set because that would say to me, you're able to build relationships and build trust, which is needed in any kind of business. If you take a logistics job in corporate America and you've worked in the military and, and we know military people have to be able to pick up and move and get all of that equipment and things from one location to another, how do I translate my logistics experience in the military to how I would apply that organizational skill in the civilian world. 
Yeah, so I love this because when we're talking about how to effectively align, you know, my skill set, whether it be hard skills, meaning what, you know, the knowledge that I have, you know, my expertise, the, the you know, if I can computer program or cyber, you know, cybersecurity or, you know, that, that hard skill, right, assembly line manufacturing, things along that line. Uh, and my soft skill being how I engage people, what I hear you saying is to effectively align that you, we, those of us who are looking for that job need to essentially spell it out on that resume. It, it is not sufficient for us to put up there, served in Iraq and worked with local people. Exactly. It, it, it needs to be more than that. We almost need to storytell that piece of saying, yes, I, you know, I served 18 months in Iraq. And my, one of my primary responsibilities was to build trust and relationship with the local community so that we could gather intel, but also ensure their safety, something along that line. Correct? Perfect. Am I, yeah, okay. That, that is exactly the way to do that. Yeah, okay. That, nah, so that's perfect. So I, you've interviewed a ton of people over the years. You've, you've seen great candidates. You've probably seen some really bad candidates. What differentiates somebody from being a great candidate to somebody just being an okay candidate? Preparation, I would say, is the most important thing. Now, I understand not everybody interviews well, right? It's a nerve-wracking kind of situation because, you know, you're you're looking for that career, that position. There's a lot uh, on the line. So that's where practice is going to really help you. You can align yourself with somebody who can do mock interviews with you, run through scenarios, give you that opportunity to practice how you would answer certain questions. You're going to do much better in real life scenario. I mean, think of it in terms of uh, uh, basic training, if you will. Right, you don't become a soldier. They don't just give you the weapons and send you out there without training. Yeah, being a being a candidate is no different than that. So you need to really practice and hone that so that you can articulate, communicate very well in that interview, and then also know how to present yourself. Uh, you know, it's not just. Uh, Dressing for the occasion, we've heard it many times, it's, you know, dressing for that position that you want to have beyond that. But making sure that it aligns to that culture. So mm. asking Good. those right questions in advance. Yeah, so you're talking about, it's, you know, I, we interviewed an MMA fighter who is also an actor, and he was talking, he was saying, you know, I do like, I don't know how many auditions a month. But he said, in many ways, every audition is a job interview. That's essentially what it is. And so if we can get into that framework that every time I'm interviewing, I'm really auditioning, that how much I prepare for that audition will influence whether or not I get the call back, right? I mean, if I were to put it in actor's terms, I, I, I think that's such an important point, Anthony, that sometimes we go in, you know, even with our military training and thinking, you know what, I've got all these skills and expertise and I've done this before. I just can walk in cold. And what you're saying is don't walk in cold, be prepared um, and, and use that military training and apply it to this job interview. Correct. Correct. Yeah. OK, that's good. So, uh, Anthony, I want to give you I mean, I, I you know, when I read your bio, I look at it and I'm, I'm like, gosh. 
so much here. You do, you work with a lot of individuals on, on a leadership basis. So improving leadership skills, improving, you know, taking leaders and elevating them to the next level. If our listeners want to reach out to you, what is the best way for them to do so? So the best way to do that would be to reach out to me through uh, email. And my email is leadership and the word and more all one, no spaces, no hyphens, dot com. That's my website. Uh, email is going to be leadershipandmore at gmail.com. So individuals nope. can either visit my website where I post a lot of interviews. I also have a military uh, interview series called Those That Serve, where I talk to individuals who are either currently serving or who have served in the military about their leadership experience along with a lot of other information and articles that I write and post. So what can people expect when they reach out to you? Not so much that, number one, obviously you'll get back to them, but what what will you provide them uh, when they do reach out to you? really depends on what they're looking for. When I talk about leadership, I really talk about leadership in very broad sense of the word, not just the corporate environment. So I believe we're all leaders because we all influence other people, whether we realize it or not. And we're leaving an impression. We have an opportunity to make an impression, uh, hopefully make a difference. And so I look at leadership as that opportunity to do something positive in the world. Uh, sometimes we just need that reminder of everything we do has an impact. Yeah, that's so true. Anthony, I want to thank you for being on the show. Audience, to learn more about Anthony, visit leadershipandmore.com. You will be impressed when you start to work with Anthony. Uh, I think you'll find that uh, he, taking that 30 years of knowledge that he has and being able to just kind of unpack that a little bit uh, is, is definitely worth your time. So again, to learn more about Anthony, visit his website at leadershipandmore.com. You can certainly email him at leadershipandmore at gmail.com. And if you guys are in a position of transitioning, and if you're getting ready to get out and you want to discover your post-service identity, be sure you reach out to us at operationmilitaryfamily.com, and we can discuss how you can start to plan your best, of your, best year ever after transition. Anthony, thanks for being on the show. Mike, thank you. It's been a pleasure.